1: Facing your fears is important for your mental health. Fear inoculation is an essential process used by therapists to help people overcome anxiety by willfully exposing them to their fears over time until they eventually conquer them. Willfully is the key word. Using your will to effectively overcome the unthinkable. Conquering your fears is about finding comfort in chaos and the unknown, as well as developing the ability to perform in high-intensity environments. Fear will always be there, but it's what we choose to do that makes all the difference. Managing fear will lead you to live tenaciously, become more competent, and most importantly, it will set you free. What are you afraid of? What is holding you back from living the life you want? Valerie Attalis interviews Matthew Gungne, the founder of Flock Goods, Guinness World Record holder, former professional skydiver, and speaker. Matthew Gangne, in his former career as a professional skydiver, he trained Navy SEALs and served as flight instructor for Al Gore, Will Smith, Jaden Smith, Trey Smith, Kirby Chambliss, and Tyrese. When a near-fatal car accident broke his neck in ten places, he threw himself into rehabilitation. Flock Goods was born during this journey through pain. Ever since, he has dedicated himself to helping others overcome adversity and lead active lifestyles. He currently lives with his beloved Dutch Shepherd dog on a main riverbank in a tiny house RV that he built himself. Meet Matthew at flockgoods.com. Here is the interview with Matthew Gungne.
0: In your own words, who is Matthew Gagné?
2: (laughs) How much time do we have? No.
0: Yeah, right.
2: (laughs) I would consider myself simply uh, an active lifestyle enthusiast.
0: So I guess my second official question to you is about becoming a skydiver. What inspired you to become a skydiver?
2: That was an interesting progression uh, since I never had any intention growing up to become a skydiver. <laughs> Funny enough, but I, yeah. I landed in the industry. Nonetheless, um, I actually began in indoor skydiving. Yeah. Uh, my bro- older brother, who's 10 years my elder, he had bought me a gift certificate when I was 19. And I flew in the wind tunnel for, for the first time, which was indoor skydiving. I uh, fell in love with it. Uh, began working at that facility several months later, eventually built up the courage to try the real thing.
0: Talk to me for a moment about that experience up to the accident and then the insights you gained in the healing journey. I know there's too many questions now within a question, but the experience with a skydiver professional, elite skydiver, and then the car accident and then the healing journey, if you can connect them.
2: Oh they're very intrinsically connected so'll right, right. I'll do my best but it's I think the path to become a skydiver is what really shaped and molded and, and altered my the way I approached and thought about life in general as a whole really um, the thirst to adventure um, I was inspired originally by skydivers before becoming one myself I met individuals who um, had big Crazy dreams and goals, ambitions, and they didn't come without risk. And they took massive steps, physically, mentally, financially, to pursue those goals. And they had passports full of stamps to prove it. They weren't all talk. They were really about it. And that's what that that being you are, you become the five people you're closest to are surrounded by, right? As they say. So um, over time, I began to grow my own. Interest in the sport. I uh, became a licensed skydiver after a year and a half of instructing in the wind tunnel. Um, it's expensive and terrifying. So, those two things, I kind of dipped my toes in the, in the water, so to speak. Did a handful of jumps 2009, didn't jump again until 2011. Finally, got licensed fully to jump by myself in 2012. And this is all while working as a full time wind tunnel instructor, indoor skydiving. Then once I got licensed to skydive, I was 150% all in. At that point, I was finally ready to fully commit. That was kind of my golden ticket to travel uh, the U.S. and then the world. Ultimately, I landed in Dubai. I worked for in-flight Dubai as a wind tunnel instructor, uh, skydive Dubai as a, a load organizer. So essentially, I, I did group coaching in the sky and really... Progressed to a, a leadership role, one that had high risk but high reward. And, but I was also Peter Pan. You know, I was living a dream, essentially not having to work because, you know, everyone knows the saying, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. But then uh, in 2014, four days before I was actually slated to join a fully sponsored skydiving team, very unheard of in the sport. There's not a lot of cases because where that's the case, because there's just quite, quite frankly, there's not a lot of eyeballs on the sport to draw revenue. Uh, it's not spectator friendly sport. So it's very difficult to get sponsorships, but I ended up never making it on that team, never making it to training camp because four days before I was slated to leave Dubai and I was living and working there for a year and a half. So four days before I was supposed to leave, I was a passenger in a car accident. And it was coming back from Abu Dhabi. We're heading back to Dubai. Um, I had went on a shooting range with Navy SEALs and DOD guys, and they used to train and fly in our wind tunnels. So we were friendly and they were, you know, invited me on a last hurrah. And it was coming back from that, uh, where I was a passenger in this car accident. And, um, fully conscious the entire time. Uh, I was very aware. I remembered everything vividly, even though sometimes I don't want to. (laughs) I I woke up. The accident happened at 8.30 at night. I was transferred to one hospital, waited for an hour for the ambulance to get there. 30-minute ride to the hospital, CAT scan. They decide they can't treat me there. So, another 30-minute ride to a different hospital. Um, At that point, around 2.30 a.m., and remind you, it happened 8.30 p.m. at night. I didn't get any pain meds. And still, that was a kind of a whole uh, part of, that's, I'll, we'll set that aside. So yeah, you go to the second hospital, I'm in the hospital, I had an emergency surgery the next morning. But the very next day after that emergency, emergency surgery, the surgeon came in to my room and said, we're going to start weaning you off of all of your pain meds. So in Dubai, they have a very, in the Middle East, they have a very different mentality and um, execution, or it's probably not the best word, but as far as prescriptions of narcotics, even the day after an emergency surgery, they literally bolted my head back on. I I had a full internal sub-locks which means I was internally decapitated. I have stretch marks on my spinal cord to this day. I fractured from C1 all the way down to T4, which is like the middle of your shoulder blades. So basically where your spine connects to your brain to the middle of my shoulder blades, broken in 10 places. And uh, they installed a halo. I wake up from surgery and uh, I see the bars. I'm basically now in a, you know, at that point, a portable jail cell uh, that's bolted to your skull. And I spent a little over a month in the hospital there and I was released. But then I get out of the hospital and I'm homeless in the Middle East. Because mind you, I was four days away from leaving Dubai. So I'd canceled my visa. I sold my my Jeep. uh, I sold my apartment. And my work was actually canceling my insurance. So the folder was on the table, on their desk. And uh, they said, you know, hold that (laughs) folder. And thankfully, you know, I was taken care of. And yeah, so fast, fast forward, going through recovery, it took me about a year and a half to get back to my sport. And I used skydiving as my philosophical carrot, if you will, uh, that I dangled in front of myself as motivation to do all of the things that I had the ability to even influence slightly. I was putting in that work.
0: What is that about skydiving that Inspires you, yeah. What is it about it, exactly?
2: Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't actually uh, explain that as much as I wanted to because, like, that process of becoming a skydiver, facing those fears, mm-hmm. like, it was the most terrifying thing that I had ever done in yeah. my life. Mm-hmm. And that fear is very justified. You're, you're essentially, as morbid as it sounds. It's essentially a controlled suicide abort mission. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if if you're, so you're facing your fear and you're also trusting your ability to execute. And that's something that has had a trickle effect, trickle effect in the rest of my life and everything that I do, because facing that fear, conquering that fear, and then pursuing and, and attaining such a high level, it really taught me about myself and my abilities and knowing that you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the, sh- the strongest, the fastest. The, you don't have to be the best at anything. Uh, whatever it is that you're looking to do, that you're seeking, you can do it. If you put your mind to it and you, and you bear down and you have stubborn determination um, and you have a strong enough why, because motivation is... To me, it's temporary, like you can get rah would up, Hi. but you need the your what's your drive? What drives you? Like, and that's your why. For me, that was getting back to skydiving, but now it's changed several times over as you know, the death and rebirth of life cycles, you know.
0: Do you believe that one day we can become fearless?
2: I do not. And I can tell you, uh, I have a lot of friends who people who would look at from the outside that would say they do crazy things, uh, jumping not only from planes, but cliffs and yeah. many, many different action sports where the risk is very high for injury and death. Yeah. They are not fearless. Humans, mm. if, if you're fearless, then you're probably psychotic. I mean, I'm not a, psych- <laughs> yes, I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I'm not a doctor, but uh, it's yeah. learning to yeah. manage and mitigate that fear and face it. There's no shortcut. There's, mm. No, mm. there's absolutely no one that could do it for you. Right. When you're there alone, you can't lie to yourself mm-hmm. and you have to face whatever it is that's terrifying you. It could be jumping out of a plane. It could be right. having a difficult conversation with someone yeah. or expressing how you feel, be- even true. though you think it may not be received well. Um, so true. Like There's so many, so many situations where just facing that fear is going to be the best course of action. And not only that, it's like exercising your muscles in the gym. You do that. And you face your fears. You learn to trust yourself. You become better and better at being able to have that that confidence and that strength within yourself to be able to do the difficult things. And it, right. Right. the fear never goes away, but you you become stronger, and you become your abilities will grow.
0: And what do you think is the purpose of the human experience, Matthew?
2: Oh, that's a beautiful question. And there's, I think, there's so many right answers i think i can only speak for myself and my truth yeah. and i think the human experience is is exactly that is seeking experiences as many as possible mm. cuz life is so short and so finite True. i know so many people that say i wish i w- hope i one day and all these phrases are all excuses and they're <laughs> all they're all false like yeah. no one's like life isn't <laughs> fair they're definitely um, mm. you know yeah. people get hands of cards that are not equivalent to others and you don't now everybody starts in the same place but we all have the ability to control what we do in our environment and our human experience and how we navigate it that's what we have the ability to choose is how we navigate our human so the human experience for me is like PMI, P- PMA, positive mental attitude. And it's mm, like happy. Yeah. Why? Just because? Because why not? <laughs> why like, not? what's the ladder? Like to be <laughs> upset? Like, <laughs> yes. why would you choose that one? That's silly. Right. <laughs> so, uh, to okay. me, I think it's wise yeah. to. And I, I mentioned too earlier that, like, I was in Peter Pan land, and I think yeah. that taught me something too to stay childlike in my enthusiasm, mm, but yeah. with the discipline of being a mature adult. And for me, that's that it works for me. And I, you know, I hope anything that you and I just discussed today, if someone hears something that resonates with them and it helps them in their daily life, that's a beautiful thing. And that's a that's a big part of why I do this. Um, And it's, I think, a matter of just kind of unlocking it within yourself. And it just will solidify further and further the more you do it.
0: So it's a practice. And speaking of practices or beliefs, do you have any spiritual practices or spiritual beliefs?
2: I tend to gravitate towards. That's a difficult question. I'm. I wouldn't say I don't attend any religious um, organizations. However, I. I believe religion is a beautiful thing, and I believe it's a very powerful thing. And I think it's it, There's so many beautiful lessons to be learned. And I think in all religions, I've traveled the world. I've lived. I've lived in a Muslim country. Mm, uh, yeah. I grew yeah. up uh, Christian, but I've I've also got I have friends from almost all um, ethnicities and religions. And at the end of the day, what I've learned is people are people. Mm. Morality is morality. Character. Is you know the definition of care doing the right thing when no one's looking, whether that's someone else or God or I try to be the best person I can be just for myself selfishly, so I can give that version to others Mm. because I've noticed Mm. when I am able to be when I'm able to carry myself, and this is this is something that I think you could you can most definitely learn through religion. There's no one I don't think there's one way right. to to learn humility yeah. and to learn your own power and that how sure. you influence and affect people in their daily lives. And you can really make someone's day just by the smallest gesture.
0: Mm, so true.
2: You know, the smallest gesture yeah. can so why not do it? Like so I think true. if we all just, you know, took little steps, because at the end of the day, no matter what religion or what race ethnicity orientation like at the end of the day we're all human beings and i I truly in my heart believe we all if we sat down and had a conversation we all have more in common than than not
0: so and, true
2: and yeah and I've, everywhere everywhere i've been fortunate to travel and, and experience and even here in the u.s we're luck we're a melting pot like at the end of the day people are people and i think treating people well um and with dignity is is the most important thing at the end Mm. of the day um your experience like to bring it back to the human experience like Mm. you don't do that on your own like to go and be be whatever you want to be but to do it alone that's I, I didn't name my company Flock because you, I want to do things <laughs> yeah. alone. It yeah. means community and it means movements. So like, yeah. that's what I believe in. It's like mm. literally my life personified in the brand and just my my core beliefs. And I don't think I have all the answers or, or do it right. I do what works for me. And I always say, like, things like Flock different and together we're strong as Flock because my th- my philosophy is the human experience is all about. The pursuit of self mastery, but you never become a master. Mm. No one's. It's it's right. that pursuit, right. and I think the pursuit is all about learning from everyone you meet. You can learn something from everyone you meet, even if it's something about yourself. Right. Um, oh, wow. You can always learn from reflection, mm. and 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 I think that's important in the human experience to that reflection to be able to continue giving the best version of yourself and. You know, just to be unapologetically you.
0: What is to be free?
2: I think to be free is to have the ability to uh, manage your time. To manage your time and to be able to pursue the interests that you enjoy. I mean, I think that, like, I'm very patriotic. And I, like, if you think about Uh, what light, like, what, in our declaration of independence, like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like if you unpack that, like, what does that really mean? Every, it means like everything we've been talking about (laughs) and it's pursuing that. And like, as long as you're doing no harm to others, then I feel that that's being free. It's just Mm. that here we have this Mm. unique landscape here in the United States and I think it's so important to, for for individuals to really understand their rights and understand our past, so we have strength in the future, and so we understand that you know, our rights aren't—they're not to be taken lightly. And our past generations fought very hard to, for for our rights, and I think nowadays we we a lot of us take them for granted, mm, and yeah. uh, we 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 gotta talk about these things so people are aware.
0: Freedom is not free, right Matt?
2: No, nothing in life is free. It costs time, money, and usually
0: both. <laughs> <laughs> so, so true. Let me ask you a fun question. What do you love most about being in a human body?
2: That's so difficult. That's a very interesting question. But I would say love. love. I mean, if, if you can pick one feeling, it would have to be love. I mean, So in the human body, I think just experiencing love and that's, I think it's not even just physical, like it's not just physical, like love is a feeling that like your entire body, you, like it's euphoric when you're like in love with someone like that, that new love feeling that, you know, obvious scientists would say, yes, you're getting serotonin and oxytocin, (laughs) (laughs) um, but all these happy chemicals in your brain, but Yeah. yeah that to me if if i had to pick one thing to enjoy with the human body it's it's to experience love
0: can you imagine having that feeling for ourselves that self-love that's something that i usually talk about and we here on the podcast and i write about what does self-love look like
2: i think self-love is a great way to express everything to express the i think it's another way to say pursuing self-mastery because when you love yourself, you should take care of yourself and you should put yourself first because even when you're on a plane and there's an emergency situation, they say, put your mask on first. Why? Because you can't take care of anyone else, even your own children, if you don't take care of yourself first. So I, I, I think it's so important to, um, yeah, take care, take care. Take care of yourself first.
0: So talk to me about your company, Flock Goods, the inspiration to found, to create this company.
2: Well, the idea for Flock Goods, um, it really organically came to fruition. In life, I, I tend to try to navigate as, as organically as possible. Yeah. I do a lot of things and what yeah. feels right, I, I go with. And I had actually been inspired by a former student, and she was actually a, a Sheikah in the royal family, uh, the Maktoum family in Dubai. And her name was Sheikah Latifah. And she actually, when I was wearing a halo, I had gotten out of the hospital. Wearing the halo, I still had you know, another two months of walking around with this thing. Thankfully, I could walk though, so I had gratitude. Um, but she had suggested that I try an alkaline-based diet in order to promote healing from within. Because healing is from the inside out. And I took those words uh, and very literally, and I started making kale smoothies every day and just everything, everything that I could fit into the blender that was, you know, good for you. (laughs) And I was blending it up and uh, really forcing it down because it didn't taste really good, but I drank it nonetheless because I wanted to heal. So to take that a step further, she actually upped she She took it upon herself to go to a nutritional supplement store and basically purchase an entire wall of supplements and had them delivered to me in three you know those big giant black trash bags she had three of those chuck full that my friends delivered to me, and that's what really started the infatuation with supplementation and thinking about food as. Uh, nutri- as a nutrice- foods as, as nutraceuticals, which are simply a fancy word for a food-based supplement that has medicinal value. Right. Um, so I tried basically everything on the market at that time in 2014. And fast forward to 2016, I was hearing all these things even before 2016 about CBD. And in the Middle East, I never even received morphine. If your listeners know anything about pharmaceutical narcotics. I, I'll tell you the dose I was on. I was on the day after emergency surgery, 50 milligrams of Tremadol every seven hours, which people, I think, get more than that and and uh, more than that for a toothache here in the uh, US. So wow. it's a little bit, it's, it's a drastically different wow. uh, landscape there when it comes to that stuff. And yeah. um, so I was forced really to seek Holistic alternatives. I'd already started with uh, the food, but as things developed, it just kept layering on. So I was very interested in trying CBD. And when I did, it was an absolute game changer for my arthritic pain because I have severe nerve pain down both of my arms right. from where my spinal cord was almost severed. And wow. so with both my hands and all the way from, I can just reach my arm out to the side and I can feel the nerves being stretched because they were, you know, they're not like they were before. Right. And right. So I utilize CBD heavily. I started, and, and so it started CBD. me, I moved from Dubai. I had tried all of these supplements, really started to beginning thinking about nutraceuticals seriously. Moved to San Diego. I got back into skydiving, but knew my time was limited uh, because physically I, I no longer could be a career skydiver. I was thankful I was able to get back to my sport. But I knew I was putting more damage. In fact, I knew I was putting more damage physically on my body. But I needed to put that damage physically and perform my craft to heal mentally. Mm-hmm. And it really was like me taking that, my life back in a massive way. And so I, I, I sacrificed my spine. Uh, as much as I physically could, I literally got to the point where I could barely move and turn my head anymore. As wow. you know, after getting back the range of motion back, yeah. So I started taking CBD, and it was amazing. It, it was an absolute game changer. But then I couldn't find the right stuff again because yeah. I couldn't, or or I'd get stuff and it was t- it wasn't good. Um, and so I started sourcing, and then I started seeing uh, this industry from the back end. Uh, you know, this emerging industry and seeing how they're this kind of fractioned into several pieces. You have people that are in it just for a crack cash grab, you know, stuff you see on uh, in Walmart and Amazon that contains no CBD at all. Oh. And they're selling these things under the guise of medicinal benefit, which to me is terrible because it has no true Anyways, we'll set that aside. Yeah. Um, so I just knew I could do better and at the same time promote uh, and encur- and help other small business owners. Yeah. Um, so I began sourcing. I partnered with uh, a manufacturer because I started making it in my kitchen. The first product was actually the turmeric capsules. Yeah. Um, I was doing turmeric capsules with CBD hemp extract and just taking those and going to work and strapping people to me and going oh. to do tandems all day. Yeah. Um, no THC because obviously that's psychoactive. Wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to jump out of airplanes with that, but it was a game changer. So I decided to start my own company. Um, and then July, I'm sorry, it was October 18th, 2018, first official day in business. And I haven't looked back since. I mean, I was a skydiver, so I could, I, and I, I, that was my one thing. I was a one trick pony. I was a very skilled wind tunnel flyer, body flight pilot, skydiver, but I don't, I didn't know how to type. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. a social media guru. Mm. Uh, I wasn't an e-commerce expert. I didn't know okay. SEO. I didn't know how to build a website. Yeah. I didn't know any of these things. <laughs> um, yeah. But I did it anyway. It took mm. me forever, but I did my, it. And my. what I didn't know, I sought that knowledge from others. Even I didn't have the money to pay people, so I had to learn what I could and ask people who knew more, and then go back and just it's very time consuming but when you want something bad enough i learned that and i've learned that time and time again when you want it bad enough and you're stubbornly determined to go after it and you actually take the steps like actions plus time over actions plus time equals results like you 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 can't just wish you can't just hope you can't just pray you actually have to take Definitive actions. And yeah. you have to take massive owner. Uh, Jocko Willins, Wilkins. Wilkins. I'm so sorry, Jocko. <laughs> he says take extreme ownership. And yeah. that's so, so important. If you really think about what that means, it means like stop making excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if they're valid reasons. So what? Fault is in the past. Responsibility is in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you. Nobody's going to do it for you. Um, so if you really want it, put the work in and you'll, you'll get there.
0: So I have a question about yeah, CBD. I have heard a lot about it. Never, I don't think I ever interviewed anyone on the topic. So what does it stand for, this um, acronym, the C, the B, and the D? It
2: stands for, it's shortened for, the, the full word is cannabidiol. Cannabidiol.
0: So that's just an abbreviation of the word. It's
2: just an it's just an
0: abbreviation, correct. And the side effects, are there any side effects, Matt?
2: Personally, I haven't uh, experienced any side effects, but there are known side effects. I always steer people to a website called projectcbd.org because they don't sell anything.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's usually the best uh, indicator for bias. So, yeah. yeah there's, there's very few, um, there's many case studies. There's very few side effects, but you always want to consult a physician because you don't want to make sure that interactions with medications, um, specifically the, the one to be probably most aware of is a slowered heart rate. So if if you're on blood pressure medication, maybe, um, definitely ask a physician about adding CBD to your regimen. But I, I, I'm of the belief that CBD will be essentially almost like a fish oil. It'll be something that Mm, you know people take regularly, and there's known uh, benefits for you know consistent use,
0: right? Because
2: it's the type of thing that if you think uh, about the science behind it, our bodies actually have cannabinoid cannabinoid receptors. Mm. So when we ingest cannabinoids, um, they interact with our own receptors in our body, and it's very it's very unique and that's why this is so exciting because this is an emerging industry but this is really the science is is becoming so much more well documented but this plant has been around for so long uh, i mean there's yeah. there's there's cases there's known records of chinese medicine dating back 5000 years ago most people don't realize hemp was grown in the united states actually prohibition for hemp and accidentally cannabis because of that has actually been was actually longer so it was legal in the United States longer than prohibition has been in place
0: Would you say that CBD is a um, natural painkiller? Would you call it that or not?
2: I would not I would not label it that um, just because I'm not a physician and I'm not um,
0: (laughs) I'm
2: not qualified to say that honestly all of the evidence that I have is anecdotal but I Mm. have a lot of customers and industry is growing at a massive rate for a reason. Um, it's yeah. a plant that has significant medicinal value. But the, the thing to be aware is that not, not all CBD is created equal. That mm, CBD, right, right. if, you know, what it says on the bottle, it, that's what should be in the bottle. Um, yeah. But in this emerging industry, that's not always the case. Or the label is very, very cleverly worded to be deceiving. And mm, it's misleading. And that's unfortunate too, because that really makes, it's really bad for the entire industry when there's companies that do that, because it really yeah. just, it kills the, it destroys trust and trust. Yeah, I yeah. heard, I've heard a, a, an analogy one time, I forget where it came from. So sorry to the originator, uh, but trust is like a plate. You can drop a plate on your floor and break it in half. Now you can glue it back together and you could put, and you can use it but it's always going to have that crack. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be a degree of distrust. And uh, that's just unfortunate because that will probably sway people to not want to try it. And in fact, it could help them significantly.
0: Who needs CBD? Who would you say?
2: I think anyone over 18, because our bodies. All need different things. Yeah. But you should be eighteen years old, unless there's a specific medical reason. Yeah. Then you know that's that's kind of a different conversation. Right. But I would encourage everyone to try C B D oh. and see what it does for them. Oh, Some wow. people may say, Hey, it's I I didn't really notice anything. And everybody's body is different. Right. Right? That's true. Um, everyone's brain is different, everyone's blood type. So there's so many right. variables right. and controlling expectations as well. Everyone talks about CBD and its influence on on reducing inflammation right mm. but if you eat a bucket of fried chicken you're not gonna offset all yeah. that inflammation <laughs> it's true. So controlling your expectations and mm-hmm. understanding that CBD is a part of the collective whole I actually speak I'm writing an ebook now on mm. I, I call it the five finger framework yeah uh, and the five finger framework is simply a it's, it's, it's an internal audit If you will, and is five areas physical fitness, mental health, nutrition, recovery, and your lifestyle. And all of those categories have subcategories. CBD is within nutrition. So it's an important, Mm -hmm. integral part, but it's not the end all be all. And I think that's a big part of why, you know, a lot of the issues with expectations when you're taking a pharmaceutical pill is this is going to fix me. It's like, no you need to take the steps to stop doing whatever it is that's hindering, hurting your health. Mm. And then that can hit, hit, attack the problem from another angle. True. So you need to be attacking this problem from all angles that you can to make a real difference. Or you can, you know, but most, of, a lot of the time, it's sad to say that I think many of us would rather choose the easy route and declare victimhood. Oh. That's Mm. just not what I'm about.
0: So you're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you. The ending questions. Would you like to add anything that we didn't discuss?
2: I just really appreciate (laughs) you giving me this opportunity to uh, speak to your community. And yeah, I implore anyone who is interested to talk more, please reach out. I'm very, very reachable. I always will respond back. And I love seeing emails come in, messages come in, And just learning how we can better serve the communities. Because I I truly mean it when I say together, we're strong as flock. The only reason I share my story is to help empower and to encourage other people to share, not only share their stories, but own it. Mm -hmm. Own their stories and own who they are. And um, like have conviction, like have that tenacity Mm -hmm. um, in your spirit to just, attack your goals one by one.
0: Thank you for the encouragement, for the empowering words. uh, We need to hear that and be reminded of that for sure. And uh, my last question is to you, how do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you?
2: I think success, everyone, people, you know, expect to hear you say money. But to me, success isn't about the money. Money, being able to pay my bills and not have to worry about making rent or groceries. That's what I need to live. Uh, But success to me is having time and freedom, the ability to take care of my family and others who need a little extra help because I've been fortunate and I didn't get to where I am by myself. In order to make a difference, we all need assistance, uh, but we all need to take ownership of our own actions at the same time. So
0: yeah, uh, that's a beautiful idea, concept of success, and not just money, fame, power, right? That most of us are used to. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think I think having having that freedom, that's the biggest thing. Success and making an impact, uh, making an impact to help empower people, live better lives. So, yeah. I'm I'm employable. I'm I'm clean cut guy. I can put together a resume and probably go get hired somewhere. But I took it. A, a big risk, and I've really sacrificed a lot to pursue my own dreams. And mm. I, I encourage others to do the same because I, I practice what I preach. You know, chase your dreams, face your fears, overcome adversity, and I, I implore everyone to do that. And I, I do that myself every day, every week, month after month. And um, they, I think we all find strength by sharing. Like even this conversation, selfish, selfishly, it helps me. It gets me fired up. It gets my my energy levels restocked. And I think that's important for longevity is to for us to, to share our experiences because through that sharing process, it's empowering. I, I jokingly say Flock is like a superhero character that anyone could put on and feel empowered to be able to do anything.
0: Thank you for being you. We need more of this reference. So what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself and life as of today?
2: Ooh, so many things to pick one. So difficult. (laughs) So the number one thing that I've learned about myself I think the number one thing I've learned about myself is just all of my own imperfections. They're so highlighted through action. Like when you do have those difficult conversations with yourself and you do face your fears, you do have to experience those lows. But I think those lows are a direct reflection into how, how low you can go directly correlates to how high you can climb mm. um i yeah. mean what there's this, mm. what goes down must what goes up must come down what yeah. goes down must go up yeah. um so i think the number one thing that i've learned is is just learning to conquer my own imperfections and to accept the ones mm. that i can't control
0: right.
2: and yeah i i think that would probably be the and that lesson has been learned many times over in many applications, it's not just, you know, the trauma of the spinal cord injury and that rehabilitative process, but just many things. I mean, losing a loved one or a relationship or something, just, you know, a, a venture that you set out on that didn't go well or a bad interaction you had with someone. I mean, I'm the type that if I have. A, a poor interaction with someone it, it affects me because I reflect about it. I don't let it ruin my all day right, but I right. it really like I'm very mm. in tune with those vibrations and yeah. I want to put out good vibrations but we're we're all just I think I'm just trying to do the best we're all trying to do the best we can we can so
0: yeah uh,
2: I've learned that about myself as well as just to I it's plainly put it's um, it's a little bit blunt <laughs> but I say. <laughs> I just try to suck less and do better. <laughs> so I've, yeah. I've, I've yeah. learned to just try to do better every day.
0: Yeah. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving or losing the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way?
2: Oh, if I was going to die soon, yeah. I would say I would have to spend time with my family. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's a big motivating factor on why I moved uh, back to the East Coast. Parents were getting older and it, it was time. Yeah. So I think that's, that would be number one, N- letting my family know that I love them uh, and to spend time with them. Uh, and to try to just do all the fun stuff that I could yeah, before yeah. the time ran out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, do that all the things good. that I, uh, you know, maybe it was yeah. Uh, on the fence about, go ahead, do it, because you don't have much time left. You might as well. (laughs) It's like, at that point, what's the worst that can happen, right? You can actually say that.
0: True, yeah, for real. (laughs) And have fun. Yeah, we forget to have fun. That's for sure. My last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment?
2: That you're going to (laughs) die. Yeah. You got to pay taxes. (laughs) And... It's better to flock with friends than to flock alone. Mm. I think community, I think connection is so integral in life. And without it, uh, you're missing a very important component.
0: What a wonderful message. Of course, one that I embrace wholeheartedly. Thank you, Matt, for saying that again and again. <laughs> so before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, services, products, and future projects?
2: So right now we have a website. You can find us at flockgoods.com. Um, actually, all social media platforms at flockgoods. Uh, so we're easy to find. And um, the future is bright. We're, we're, we're relocated to Maine. Berwick, Maine, recently from San Diego, California. So a complete change in landscape. Uh, but we're really excited about that change. And we're going to be able to offer some some beautiful new pro- locally sourced products very soon. Um, so I've got a lot of announcements coming soon. I can't share too much. Yeah. But just know that uh, things are developing uh, here locally, organic. It's a beautiful place. So I'm, I'm just excited to be here uh, and to have this emerging community to continue to foster and nurture um it's been a long road started in 2018 but we're still here we're we're getting we're stronger than ever and um i'm just happy to be able to share with your listeners and uh thank you and you like you've been amazing thank you so much for just taking the time and being such a great host and and being so uh easy to talk to make things very comfortable
0: (laughs) thank you for the encouragement Matt the body really appreciates that (laughs) the mind is all in the mind and the heart so thank you so much for your presence I love your fun enthusiastic positive uh, presence the words um, everything else that can be felt in between it's beautiful you have a very beautiful elevated presence thank you so we'll talk soon we'll be in touch for sure bye for now Matt
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care.
0: You too.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Matthew Gangne and his work, please visit flockgoods.com.